Hi, I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Welcome to my show, America Can We Talk? Today, we're going to talk about America Needs Martin Luther King, Truth About America, the ACWT Media Plan, What America Voted For, and the Senate, uh, Senate Committee Finally Lets Us Know About the Risk of Joe Biden. And of course, I'll tell you why these stories matter to you. Stay tuned. Debbie Georgiatis, host of America Can We Talk, is an author, attorney, and political analyst whose mission is to inspire the American political conversation about preserving liberty in the best country on earth. And hello again and welcome to America Can We Talk to today's First Five. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Well, today is Martin Luther King Day. And so, you know, he was obviously an American icon, just a treasure in America's history. And, and millions of Americans of every race, ethnicity, national origin are just so grateful for him. I want to do two things, uh, make actually three points and show you two things. The two things I want to show you or share with you, uh, they have to do with Martin Luther King and some uh, statements he made that are kind of... Um, poignant uh, is a good word. They are um, they're, they're, um, ones you don't hear all the time, but they really are relevant right now because we're in an era in America where there is so much protest going on. The nation watched the, um, the leftist protests, the uh, anti-American, um, anti, anti-American uh, destruction of America's cities, riots, destruction, murder, fires, all of that, all summer long by anti-American, anti-Trump forces. So obvious participation in protest and very violent protest. In, in fact, the majority of it was violent. And then, and currently now you've had, of course, protests around the country relating to our election. Martin Luther King had some wisdom I wanted to share with you. Uh, I'm going to substitute the modern term uh, for, with reference to African-Americans or Americans of African descent, uh, rather than the term that was trendy in his time or that was appropriate in his time. But I'll read you these two quotes. Um, Three quotes. He had a book, um, Stride Toward Freedom. He recalled how he'd framed his task as he prepared his initial speech to participants in the Montgomery bus boycott. So they had that bus boycott in Montgomery, Alabama. How could I make a speech that would be militant enough to keep my people aroused to positive action and yet moderate enough to keep this fervor within controllable and Christian bounds? Second quote he's talking about is that he did engage in uh, what he, you, we often call civil disobedience at this time. Uh, they had marches, they had protests, um, but he was always advocating for peaceful protest. And he said he wanted to have nonviolent direct, direct action protests against segregation. He called this contrast, um, he was using it, um, it which was in, in opposition to or uh, calling the two opposing forces in the African-American community at his time. Um, and he contrasts what he was doing with those two opposing forces uh, in the African-American anti-segregation movement at his time. He described those forces as the extremes of demoralized complacency, demoralized complacency to surrender and give up and the bitterness and hatred propagated by those advocating violence and separatism. So even at his time, there were people advocating for, you know, essentially that African-Americans had been so mistreated uh, and were being mistreated at that time due to segregation that they should just separate themselves into a different, I don't know what, state or country. But he's saying there's a better thing than dividing us up and, there, and, and it's also there's a better thing than just sinking into demoralized complacency. Last thing he said, very relevant for today, the right to protest for right 
is both a natural human right and a precious American inheritance. The spirit of righteous resistance is among the virtues of the American character, yet like other qualities, it loses its virtuous character when it is carried into extremism. So Martin Luther King, profoundly poignant uh, remarks that are very, very uh, relevant for today's situation in America. And I also want to share with you a great meme. I sent it to Matt the Very Wonderful. I think it's number seven, clip seven. It's not really a, a clip. It's a, uh, yeah, there you go. Okay, so this one, I want to give quite credit to the person who I believe may have cre uh, created this meme, Melanie Weisenfeld. But you see in the left, I have a picture of Martin Luther King, how it started. I look to a day when people will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Probably the most famous quote ever attributed to Martin Luther King, and where we have uh, Joe Biden to be sworn in in two days in Washington, his comment, just one of many that you could pick from a multitude of Democrats, but our priority will be black, Latino, Asian, and Native American owned small businesses. And so now I want to make, after those two, uh, after sharing those two things with you, I want to make my three points about Martin Luther King and his relevance, extreme relevance, ever since his, his life and, and death, but his relevance, especially today in America, um, as we are dealing with the, the uh, many um, challenges we have facing us in America. Uh, number one, there is a right to protest. And that what he is talking about there uh, is the idea that you, you know, it, it's not just if you're upset about something, but he's saying it's a, a, it is right, as in morally correct, it is right to exercise your right under the Constitution to protest. And this is a, this is a hallowed American tradition. And so there has been a, um, a, a confusion of the idea of, of the right to protest, right to peaceably assemble and protest, um, especially on display in this last year. On the one hand, all of the violence, the Antifa and Black Lives Matter violence throughout America's cities, and to be fair, there were peaceful protests. There were peaceful protests by some people who support Black Lives Matter. There were. There were also violent, deadly, uh, destructive riots in major cities for months on end conducted by Antifa and Black Lives Matter. And many people defended that as, well, there's a right to protest. That is not protest. That is not protest. That is criminal rioting. It is a crime. And recently, we've had the effort to judge people who are protesting. You have people in, in Washington, especially recently, but all over the country, various protests. And the assessment being made by people watching those protests of the question, are they inciting violence? Are they because of their protest? Is this, does it cross a line into where it's inciting violence? So it's a very delicate thing. We've had Supreme Court litigation uh, and rulings related to right, the right to protest. How far does it go? Um, but it's a, a fundamental American right. Um, second is, it's a really important to understand that the um, opposite of, if you, if you work, at, if you try to eliminate or greatly limit the right to protest, it does not succeed in solving anything. If you tell the American citizens that, you know what, you have no avenue out, you're stuck with, this is our decision, this is the issue, whatever it is, and there's nothing you can do about it. The courts won't listen, the, the government doesn't care, your elected officials don't care. You're not going to bring peace if you tell people there's no right to protest. You don't get, you don't convince people to just, that you may get some people to surrender, but suppressing protest, it may cause some people to surrender, give up, say, fine, whatever I was protesting, I don't really care. And other people get pushed to violent means. 
because, and, and I'm not justifying that violence, I'm gonna get to violence in a moment, um, but in fact, I'll get to that right now. On the subject of violence, there has been a mountain of commentary in this country about the question of the violence that occurred in the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. We've talked about in this show, we've talked about that violence was following a speech by President Trump, you know, 45 minutes away. Uh, in, a, in a different, it took 45 minutes to walk from Trump's speech to the Capitol. Much conversation about whether or not who caused the Capitol, the violence at the Capitol, who was the source of it, all that. You know, there was the conversation about there have been numerous Antifa related leftist leaders arrested for being the instigators of that protest. And there have been people who are, by their social media or voting history, are characterized or, or seen as Trump supporters. So it was a mess at the Capitol that day. I do not support the rant, that kind of conduct that happened at the Capitol that day. I resist and reject, however, the idea that speaking about the election, speaking about anything in this country should be determined to be unacceptable or impermissible because some people might hear that speech and then commit violence. If I were saying, you know, if I were to use words, which I never have done and never would do, but if I were to use words that encourage people to commit violence, that'd be very different. I don't. My entire show, my, the reason I do this show, the reason I stand up and speak up for America every day is because I deeply believe in America, but it's because I think that this is the way you avoid violence because you actually have intelligent, persuasive, my, my goal of my show is to present the ideas of America, to persuade, to inform, to, let, to, to try to spell out for people, you know, if these policies happen, this is where we could go with this. If this happens, here's what could be an outcome. The idea of my show and the purpose of my show is to speak up and defend the idea of America. And that includes the idea of pursuing claims related to the election and many other issues. We cannot start in this country saying that conversation that takes one side or another on any issue is to be uh, vilified and certainly not to be prosecuted unless it is an instigation of violence. But today's show is a lot about the idea of speaking the truth about America. What is truth? What is truth? Speaking the truth of, about America. What are the right limits we should place on that, on that right to speak the truth about America? and where we are and how, where, how we're handling the communication issues that right of free speech in America here in 2021. And that, my very fine friends, is today's first five. So I wanna talk about today, where I titled this, Truth About America, My, my Media Plan and Others. Let me share with you a little bit of, of what's happening uh, on the media plan um, for my show in, in a minute. I have quite a few things I want to tell you we're doing, but I first want to just give you a little bit of a flavor of where the battle is shifting uh, in, in terms of the right to free speech, the right to, to participate in the American political conversation. Uh, number one, I sent Matt, the extremely wonderful producer, several clips. Uh, this one, uh, Matt the Wonderful, um, is a clip that was uh, someone, um, I think this was Project Veritas, no, this is not Veritas, not that one. This is a CNN interview. So the CNN, you know, left-wing uh, media, CNN held a, you know, had some show on, and this is a short clip from that show. It's actually about three minutes long. It's not that short. But I want you to listen to what the conversation is, what they're advocating for in this clip. Information crisis that has been perpetuated, in my view, by platforms like the one we're used to work, Facebook, as well as Twitter and others. 
It, it's really hard because what's happening is people are able to seek out the information that makes them feel good. Yeah. It, that is what's happening is that you know people have so much choice now. They can choose what their news sources are. They can choose what influencers they want to follow, um, and and they can try to seal out anything that helps them question that. And that, I think that gets to a, a really core issue uh, with how our freedoms as Americans and, and the way we have treated press freedom in, in the past is being abused by these actors. Um, in that we have given a lot of leeway, uh, both in the traditional media and on social media, to people to have a very broad range of political views. And it is now in the great economic interest of those individuals to become more and more radical. And I think that one of the places you can see this is on the, the fact that you now have competitors to Fox News on their right, OANN yes. and Newsmax, which are carried by all the major cable networks. Um, who are trying to now outflank Fox on the right because the moment Fox introduced any kind of realism into their reporting, immediately a bunch of people chose to put themselves into a sealed ecosystem. And they can do that both on cable, they can do it online. Um, and that becomes a, a huge challenge of figuring out how do you bring those people back into the mainstream of fact-based reporting and try to get us all back into the, the same consensual reality. And can you, is that possible? Seems like that's an open question. It's hard. I mean, I, I think we got to do a couple things. One, there needs to be a, a, an intentional work by the social media companies collaborating together to work on violent extremism in the same way they worked on ISIS. I was when I started at Facebook in 2015. The number one challenge from a content perspective was the abuse of social media by the Islamic State, um, and there was a, a collaboration between the tech companies and between the tech companies and law enforcement to make it impossible for them to use the internet to recruit and radicalize young mostly young Muslim men at the time around the world. Now we're talking about domestic audience in the United States. And the challenge is going to be partially that, you know, ISIS did not have a domestic constituency in the United States Congress, but there is over half of the Republicans in Congress voted to overturn the election. Um, and there will be a continual political pressure on the, yeah. the companies to not take it seriously. So I think first you have mm. to focus on those violent extremists and those companies have to be brave in that way. And second, we have to turn down the capability of these conservative influencers to reach these huge audiences. There are, are people on YouTube, for example, that have a larger daytime, a larger audience than daytime CNN. And they are extremely radical and pushing extremely uh, radical views. And so it's up to the Facebooks and YouTubes in particular to think about whether or not they want to be effectively cable networks for disinformation. And then we're going to have to figure out the OANN and Newsmax problem. You know, that these companies have freedom of speech, but I'm not sure yes. we need Verizon, AT&T, Comcast and such to be bringing them into tens of millions of homes. Um, I, I, this is, you know, allowing people to seek out information if they really want to, but not pushing it into their faces, I think is where we're going to have to go here. Okay, we got to cut him off. I, yeah, I was okay. There's so much to go that we can spend the entire rest of the show just breaking down that particular clip you just heard. I wanted to posit a couple things for you to think about, numerous things to think about. Number one, what this guy is saying, they're talking about, you know, OAN and Newsmax, and they are, you know, they're relatively new outlets and they are on the conservative side. But he started his remarks talking about the idea that people seek, seek information that makes them feel good and they seek out anything that helps them kind of validate what they believe as though as though that only happens if you happen to be conservative i mean the people who seek out cnn 
and actually think they're getting truth or they seek out any of the left-wing media in this country, of which there is are an abundance of left-wing media sources, an abundance. There are left-wing media sources all over this country and anyone who wants to can go listen to them. And everyone who does get their news from CNN or other sources like that, they are touting themselves, telling themselves they're well-informed because they're not going along with, you know, OAN and Newsmax. But they're doing exactly the same behavior. If you go to CNN and you think you're informed, or you read the New York Times and the Washington Post, and you fancy yourself as well-informed, you are exactly the problem this guy is describing. He's making the point that people seek out news that validates their worldview. This is as old as time, to be really clear. This isn't some new thing. What is new is the, is the advocacy among people like this to very openly say, don't you think we should make it really, really hard for people to hear the other side? That's what he's saying. That is ridiculous that people who, and, and Fox did go, you know, Fox used to be conservative. Fox has gone, you know, centrist, wherever you'd call them, wherever you want to call Fox. People who used to like them don't um, as much anymore. Their, their numbers are, their ratings are way, way, way down. And people used to seek out Fox because it's the only place they could get what they thought was fair and balanced news. They did not find the news they were getting from CNN and all of the left-wing media to be uh, interesting, satisfying, or basically even true. And so they saw Fox. Now Fox has, you know, gone with all pressure, variety of reasons, uh, the leadership of it, all that, gone, gone other direction. This guy is saying the two kind of most popular conservative sources. And by the way, I have no investment in OAN or Newsmax, and you know, I don't really watch television very much. I read. I, I like reading better, but. This guy is saying, because we, the liberal elites, we decide truth. He, he's talking, we decide what is mainstream. We, the CNN, the, the, you know, the former Facebooks of the world, now CNN, we decide what's true. And we, and he's actually used the expression, we have given leeway, the royal we, the government has given leeway for people to have free speech as though it was like some big gift they gave them. This is very dangerous talk, and he's not apologetic. He seems unaware of how his words would be received, I think, by literally millions of Americans. And he's talking about the typical, we talked last week on the show about the tactics used, the Saul Alinsky left-wing tactics, shutting down people, you know, who you just do, just not allowing them, their voices to be heard. He's talking about pressure that he knows left-wing America will leap into action and do it. Left-wing America should put pressure on, you know, Verizon and other cable companies or, uh, that are making it possible for people to even hear OANN, OANN, whatever it is, OANN and, and Newsmax. He's arguing that they, that somehow the, the government or citizens or somebody should so pressure these entities, these large cable outlets, that they will not carry these new networks because they shouldn't be allowed to exist. They shouldn't be allowed. To, and he's saying, well, we can't really outlaw them because it's the First Amendment and all, but you know, we can make it basically make it impossible to find them. I mean, so much of that clip you just heard captures the mindset of left-wing America. We decide truth. Anyone who isn't on the program with us is not mainstream, is not, um, is not um, you know, he, he's not mainstream of political conversation. It wasn't his, quite term, his term quite, but like that, the mainstream of political conversation. But he would call 
CNN mainstream. I mean, CNN, who's you know wildly leftist, he calls them mainstream. So I just I thought that was a good clip to play for you and a good thing for you to understand just how smug and um, and and, and uh, overruling, smug overruling will tell you is truth and everybody else will find a way to silence them. This is exactly the opposite of what Martin Luther King was calling for. Exactly the opposite of free speech. Exactly the opposite of what the whole idea of the First Amendment is. Now, I will say, I think there have to be responsible monitors or, or controls in the case. And, and But, you know, for most part, I'm in favor of free speech and people can go find their own people who they believe in or they can listen to the wise thing, listen to a variety of sources. I don't want, I don't like, you know, at all cracking down on free speech. I will say, you know, if somebody's out there explaining to terrorists how to build a bomb, I'm in favor of that, you know, take them off air. I'm sorry, this doesn't want to stay in my ear. Okay, take them off air. You know, you can see that argument. Um, and so you say, okay, yeah, you can't really be showing, a, you know, how a jihadist should build a bomb videos. We ought to take those down. That, that would be a good idea. And if you have someone literally organizing the masses saying, you know, march on whatever it is, and we're going to burn the place down tomorrow, you can shut that down. But people talking, they're talking about, and one thing to be really clear what they're focusing on is, is the idea that when the mainstream ruling elite media has decided truth for us, they are morally justified in shutting down anything that they don't think is truth. That they and doesn't matter who is advocating it, no matter how much information it is, as compared with the right idea, which is the idea that people put facts and truth and information and perspective out there, and then you know the marketplace of ideas and American citizens can say yes, no, or something in between. But this is cutting off the right of people to speak what he's advocating and the right of the American people to actually hear. Uh, and, and focus on and decide for themselves what they think. Second clip I have is this is the same kind of um, this tyrannical censoring mindset was evident in a um, clip I sent to Matt the Wonderful. Uh, this is one of those from Project Veritas where somebody they had uh, inside of um, the uh, Twitter. And, and, and to be really clear, Twitter is not that they're having their company meetings from home. So you're seeing people sitting in their homes, these conversations, but they have a woman, uh, Project Veritas video. She's a senior executive, Vijaya, V-I-J-A-Y-A, Gade, G-A-D-D-E. And she's talking about how they're going to go forward in politically censoring people on a global scale. So uh, Matt, the wonderful, I may cut this short. I probably, I took a big clip of it, but at least we can start playing it. James O'Keefe here, Project Veritas. Last week, we released that whistleblower tape of CEO Jack Dorsey expanding his ideas of censorship. Not only was Project Veritas not deplatformed, we were trending number six on Twitter. Get ready, because today, you're about to hear from one of Dorsey's top executives, Vidya Gaddy. She is the legal policy trust and safety lead. She does not know that she was being recorded in this staff meeting. And here she is on video discussing how and why Twitter put the president in a timeout before he was permanently banned. You can hear her talking about that and more. Uh, the civic integrity policy in particular um, has a range of options um, from labeling to removal in some instances to um, permanent suspension. Yeah, Vijay, I think you, you have a list of the top questions on, on Slack as well. Yes, um, some of the main themes we're seeing, um, I think I've tried to address them. Um, but uh, whether we believe Trump's tweets are inciting violence and having real world harm, I think we've seen that in fact they are. I think the question is which ones are. We've also seen that Trump
Trump has attempted um, since coming back from the timeout to um, de-escalate the situation, uh, which I think has been helpful and important for um, some, if not all, of the people who are following um, him. So we do think that that is um, a risk, and that's why we're continuing our evaluation of how these tweets are being received and interpreted. And then the last question, which you know, obviously would love Jack's point of view, but um, what is uh, have we read the letter from employees demanding Trump to be suspended, and what's our point of view on that? Okay, I'm going to jump in there. I'm, I'm going to get in there because this can go on too long. We have so much to cover today. I know that Twitter, all these social media giants are private companies. You know, they are, they, they are, it's not the First Amendment right to speak like you have if the government were arresting you or suppressing speech. That's one thing. They're private companies. But as I've argued before, I think it's a really, really great and valid argument. You can regulate them. And for the same reason that we regulate businesses in our country, we regulate them in terms of being providing public accommodation, providing public services. You're not allowed, and you should not be allowed, as a restaurant owner, hotel owner, business owner of any kind, you can't say, we do not provide service for or allow people to enter who are, and then you know, race, ethnicity, national origin, sex, all of that is illegal. If you want to be open to the public, you can't say, we don't allow people of a certain background in here. These have been true for decades. Public accommodation laws, I think they're perfect and wonderful. I'm glad we have them. But we can't expand the categories of people who are protected against discrimination to include political viewpoint and tell companies like this, if you want to be functioning, if you want to be allowed to function in America, you are governed by this same anti-discrimination policy, the public accommodation laws, and we're going to expand it to include political opinion. That's my first point. We cannot just say, well, they're private companies. We give up. Let them, let them go ahead and censor people. Uh, number two is, you ha I couldn't play the whole clip, but the entire concept that the president of the United States, you know, who maintain high popularity ratings with his voters, I mean, unprecedented ratings from his voters as they, he was doing what they wanted him to do. The president of the United States, you have a bunch of you know, intellectuals sitting around at Twitter and other companies deciding whether he should be allowed to speak, which means whether the American people should be allowed to get to hear what he's saying. And they're applying, part of the portion I clipped, I clipped off because it just took too long, but she, they're getting around to talking about, well, you know, he has been saying, okay, let's not commit violence. Uh, and all that, which he did not ever advocate violence, to be clear, but he proactively said, let's not do violence. But they're saying, but you know, he might be using code words that people hear in order to mean violence should happen, or he might be engaging in rhetoric or arguments that will cause people to commit violence. Well, you take that standard, that standard that maybe something somebody says might make somebody else do violence, and that you really can't talk about anything except for like, you know, puppies and butterflies. You know, let's, let's talk about, you know, the new sea creature discovered. I mean, just things that are not relevant to the audience who are trying to hear political commentary. This is a very, very dangerous, not just, not just that they have the power to do it, but the mindset of, you know, well, we're making an assessment. We're deciding, you know, what is, not is he really, what is he saying? What does he really mean? And then what she was about to go into was a bunch of employees at Twitter had written a letter to management signed on, we demand you immediately censor and suspend Donald Trump and never allow him again, which 
I mean, the idea, these are people, these are not, you know, thought leaders in the world. These are not ideologues. These are not, you know, leaders of movements. These are leftists who happen to be employed by Twitter. And because they happen to have that job, they can shut down communication between the soon-to-be former President Donald Trump and his people. And it's okay with it. In fact, they feel emboldened and empowered. These are dangerous, dangerous things. So I want to tell you what's happening with my show. Um, so I, wherever you're watching it today is not YouTube because I got time out from YouTube for a week starting today, I guess. I'm not sure when it started. But anyway, I got uh, suspended for a week. And they always send you the thing where there's absolutely no rational explanation. They don't say, well, you know, it's because you said XYZ, but it's really ABC. It's a violated community standards or some other thing that you can't, you know, you, you can't, you have no idea what they mean by it. And, and you can't, let me, trust me, you can't appeal. I mean, you can appeal. And uh, the one time I did it, you get, no, this is on Facebook, I guess, but you get literally a, a nanosecond instant reply. You know the kind when you send something, out, a group email out and something pops up right away. Hey, I'm out of the office till next week. That level of speed, that's what you get back when you appeal these kind of, uh, of there's no assessment. There's no one's even reading it. It's just a joke they put in claiming that they review things. But Right now we're suspending YouTube. So I want to tell you, because I am going to continue to talk about defending this precious country and tell you some great new ways you have to stay in touch and to watch this show and stay in touch with me. So if I, I sent these to Matt, the very wonderful producer, and I want to just ask you, Matt, to, the first thing, um, which, is, which was, I want to tell you a great new thing we've got going now. It's not actually, or it's new that I'm sharing it with you, but these are instructions to text my show or text me. So leave this up for a second, Matt, while I'm going to tell them about this. So there is a program that allows you to purchase a keyword. And so all you have to do, my happy listeners, if you want to stay in touch, is you go to your text messaging. You know when you text message people, you text message your friends. This is not on Messenger, it's on text messaging. So to stay in touch with this show, you go to the to line and you, you, know, you would normally type in your friend's name or whoever you're texting to. Just type in that number, 53445. Type in that number, that is in the two line, and then the body of the text, where you'd normally uh, be typing in, hey, I'm running late, I'll see you, or whatever. Type in the word America. America is the key word I have in this system. And the reason you do that is what you'll get from me. On your cell phone, you go to your text messaging, you put in the two line, 53445, that sends that that is a received by the company that runs this service and put in your message America it only comes to me and it comes to the system that I have now so the way you the reason I'm telling you this is a number of things number one we will be able to stay in touch I will be able to text you number two I'll be texting everyone at once who signed on to this account who signed on to do this Number three, I am not going to send you text messages, you know, every day saying, hey, remember to tune in at three o'clock. I, I, uh, I am on some uh, accounts where I get too many text messages. I don't like that. I won't do it to you. And you can always get off. If you do that and I send more than you want or whatever other reason, you can, you can just, you know, text back in and say, cancel America and we'll take you off. It's that easy. But as we continue to see more and more and more and more censorship, I want to try to stay in touch with you. I will use that as a way to stay in touch with you, to tell you how you can find the show, uh, to tell you, you know, what, whatever our plans are going forward. We have some actually great, great new plans coming for this show, but I want to at least have you to know about that texting. Uh, that's one thing. You also, 
wherever you're watching this show, uh, whether you're on Facebook or other places, I want to tell you that you can watch this show right on my website, live stream. So if YouTube, you know, other, other things become problematic, uh, you can come right to this website and put that up for Matt the Wonderful to put up for you so you can see exactly how to do that. We have a, it's a, um, I think Matt the Wonderful has this, it's clip, uh, where is it? Clip, there you go. So, oh, this is on Rumble. Okay, and Rumble's fine. Rumble's another place. So let me tell you about Rumble. Leave it up there, Matt, for a second here. On Rumble, which is a new platform, which they are guaranteeing they will not censor. So you go to rumble.com is the website, and my page is, and you have to type it in exactly as I have it there. America Can We Talk, but you have the first letter of each word capitalized. So the way Rumble works right now, you just can load um, videos up. You, and so I, I'll load the videos of my show. I, you cannot necessarily, they, you can't move them around like I like, have been doing on YouTube. You just got to put it there. But rumble.com is um, how you, where you can find me there. And it's on America Can We Talk. Um, I also, uh, Matt the Wonderful, I think I sent you, I meant to send you. So on my website, which is here, okay, this is the other way. And I really, really want to urge you people, my happy listeners, to, to get used to watching my show on my website. Get used to watching my show on my website because that is something social media cannot take down. So, America Can We Talk is the name of the show. At 3 p.m. Central Time, which is where, you know, when it starts, Monday through Thursday, you go to that link right there. Amer All you have to do is type in americacanwetalk.org backslash live. And so if you do that, and my show is not on live at that time. Just a screen comes up saying, hey, she's not streaming now. But you can watch the show live on my website. And this is a way it will be safe. And I encourage you to, to at least get used to going to that website because, uh, you know, it's going to be there for sure. Um, and the other thing I want to tell you about this is um, we are planning. We are working. Okay, that's, that's good. Thank you, Matt. Um, we are planning on getting this show onto the, more of the new platforms that are not censoring. And it's actually wonderful timing as the Biden administration takes hold. I think the social media censors will be even more emboldened because everything they censor is, uh, you know, is anyone who questions the, the left. And so, you know, these people who do the censoring are going to be emboldened under a Biden administration. So I want you to know we're going to move our show away. And I got to tell you, it's killing me to say it. We have a huge following on YouTube, a huge following on Facebook. If you watch this show on YouTube, if you watch it on Facebook, I implore you, implore you to go to my website and, and watch it there. Know you can watch it there. I also encourage you to go to my website, again, americacanwetalk.org, and on the homepage, hit subscribe. Because in when you hit subscribe, I do not inundate you with emails. You get one email a week, one a week on Fridays, and in that, I can, I can send you all the links for how to watch the show because we are going to have to move. We're going to be proactive, move to the new social media platforms, and eventually wean ourselves away from the platforms that are censoring freedom, censoring speech in this country. But, you know, in the meantime, it's very helpful to you to go to my website and put and hit the subscribe button, americacanwetalk.org, hit subscribe, and then you can do a weekly newsletter. You'll always hear from me, and I'll always tell you every place we are. Apparently, Parler is coming back. 
If Parler gets back, we're going to be on. Uh, Gab.com is in some state of fluidity. I'm not sure what's happening, but we're going to try to get on to Gab because this is really a, um, this is what happens when people censor. You know, it's kind of like what I was talking about back with the Martin Luther King segment. You know, when you tell people you can't talk, you can't march, you can't protest, you're going to have some people say, okay, you know what, let's just, let's just surrender. What was his language? It was great language. Martin Luther King used demoralized complacency. Uh, that will not be uh, yours truly. I'm not going to engage in demoralized complacency. I am going to be in the conversation about preserving American freedom. And I want to make sure all of you wonderful, precious listeners have a way to stay in touch. And by the way, when you go to that subscribe button, put your email in. If you've done that already and you're sitting there right now thinking, I've done this and I haven't gotten your newsletter, I will tell you that the subscriber base for my show my weekly email has uh, exploded. I, I can't quite keep up with it. So I'm getting help. I'm going to get all of them loaded in. So by this Friday, when you get it, you should, when that email goes out, everybody, and I'm talking, I'm way behind by the thousands now, but I'm going to get them all in because I want to stay in touch with you that way. I encourage you to do that also. So uh, that's really why I want to make sure you knew that you can, do, you can listen to those things. Uh, that's our media plan. Uh, we are simply not going to stop talking. And as I tell you, if you don't listen to the show very often and you don't know why I do this, this show. I do this show to preserve America, the most extraordinary experiment in human liberty ever to bless this earth. And I wanted to share that social media plan with you. Okay, I'm going to quickly turn um, my, I had uh, this kind of, there was more to mention about uh, social media and silencing and censoring. I'll share this story for another day. Uh, but Amer the um, honestly kind of mind-blowing um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, if she hasn't read George Orwell's 1984, uh, she needs to do that because she doesn't realize how much she's advocating exactly what, was, what uh, 1984 was trying to warn about. Because she's talking, she's not using the Ministry of Truth language, which was in the 1984 book, but she's talking about silencing Americans who dare to disagree with the uh, groupthink decisions and um, views of, of, the, of the left. So I'll tell you more about that another day because I, I got to... Um, be rock and rolling on time today. Um, I did this, what, what America voted for. I'm gonna tell you something else we're kicking off. In this new year, in this new administration, I am going to be talking with you regularly about the kinds of policies that are being put in place. And this is the, this is the you know, uh, worst nightmare for freedom in America, because you have a Democrat White House, Democrat Senate, Democrat House, and, uh, and it appears a Supreme Court not really as strong as we thought. So we really may be in for some radically alarming leftist policies being put in place. So I'm going to be starting a series just talking about, did America really vote for this? Did America vote for this? And because you're going to be hearing things thinking, well, wait a minute, we didn't really want that. Well, and I'll just run through just a few of those today, uh, more other days. Um, one is that there's going to be a policy says Mr. Biden, uh, legislation sent over to Congress uh, to uh, begin the immediate uh, legalization of all, and they always use the number 11 million illegal aliens in America. 11, there were, there were I mean, 11 million is the number used because it's a relatively low number in the grand scheme of life, uh, and I think it's used so people don't get alarmed. They say, well, 11 million, that's, that's a lot, we can handle it. And, you know, and some of those are kids, blah, blah, blah. Understand, there are serious estimates more like 25 million. Somebody got up to 40, I'm not sure about that, but this is not the number that really exists. There are way more than 11 million, uh, say many experts. We're gonna have an expert on talking about 
the way we figure out how many legal aliens are here. But number one, uh, path to citizenship. And number two, as I've been warning about for six years, the agenda of the left is to get all of these illegal aliens in America who broke our law to enter, not just to give them some legal status, to give them in out of the shadows, some legal status, whatever it would be. They could create any category they wanted in immigration law, some new status. The goal is to make them voters. The goal is to convey to 11 million people, new voters, you know, you know who uh, you know, saved your bacon, you know who got you, made you legal here, the Democrat Party, and there'll be all sorts of benefits and uh, things that flow to them. This is the absolute intention to create a, firm, a permanent Democrat majority voting base in America. I don't think Americans voted for that. I, I think a lot of people, uh, who even knows how the, what the vote count really was, but I don't think a lot of Biden voters uh, voted for that. And that is just a, by itself, a troubling thing. Number two, the Biden administration has put out already this idea that they are going to work to protect transgender athletes. Now, I have to tell you, there is definitely um, a shift in American thinking about just the protection of adults in terms of a legal right to engage in transgendering yourself. That's not what we're talking about. I mean, as an adult in America, you have all sorts of freedom. It's not illegal, and, and, and people do it. They, they change their genders for whatever reasons they have. This is talking about high school athletes and college athletes who have been, you talk about, especially, it's always against the girls. It always harms the girls, the women. But you can't hear anyone on the left who says they stand up for women complain about it. But girls who have been active in athlete, athletes in high school, whether it's wrestling, swimming, running, pole vaulting, any Olympic, any of those Olympic running style events, all of those girls who were, have worked out and planned for that to be a potential way to get a scholarship, to go to college, to play a, a sport in college, what this argument is that Biden has hinted during his campaign that he would do uh, was the idea that he is going to make sure that um, transgender athletes, meaning they're guys who may not even have had any surgery of any kind to adjust their biology, have the legal right to compete against girls in sports. Meaning, of course, all the girls' effort to become the best at their sport when competing as other girls will be gone. There, there's there, the guy, obviously the guys are gonna win. The average guy is stronger, faster, you know, just better athletes. It's, it's just the nature of life. But these are, I'm gonna be, these are just little teases of the kind of stories we're gonna do. And I'm gonna ask two questions. You know, do you think that he ran on these things? Did, did the American people vote for him want these things? And number two, are the things he's doing consistent with the idea of retaining America the free? and America, the promise of America at, at, from our founding. So we'll be doing that. So I'm going to tease it for today. Uh, last quick story, because i got to rock and roll here. Um, has to do with Homeland Security, uh, which is the Senate committee. Um, this is just kind of a breathtaking thing. I think I sent Matt a, yeah, a little summary of it. So the Senate Homeland Security Committee that was Republican majority at the Senate was up until, you know, these, these new batch of senators are now, have now taken office. But the Republican senatorial, so the, the Republican governed, uh, when the Republicans had the majority in the Senate, the, the Homeland Security Committee, somehow could not find their way, could not put this out, what I'm about to tell you about. But 
Uh, there's now a report out. I'm going to let Matt the Wonderful just show you the, the headline. We're going to have to rock and roll to the end of the show. But this is the headline of a lengthy report. I'm going to read you some of this tomorrow. Hunter Biden's and his family's financial transactions with Ukrainian, Russian, Kazakh, and Chinese nationals raise criminal concerns and extortion threats. If you read this section of this report, which I'm out of time to do, but if you read this section of the report, you will soon understand that the Senate, the, the, our United States Senate Homeland Security Committee sat on all the information they have from the Biden laptop, all the information they had that showed that our soon-to-be president in two days, Biden, is deeply compromised by his connections, especially with China, deeply compromised. All of this, in fact, there was a poll right after the election. It was like, whatever the number was, some significant percentage of Biden voters had said if they'd known about the Hunter Biden laptop, they wouldn't have voted for Biden, but they didn't know because the media suppressed it. But now that the election's over, now that you know Trump is gonna be gone and Biden's in, you have them, oh, by the way, did we tell you that there was actually extremely dangerous compromising information uh, making the Biden presidency subject to uh, compromise because of the financial transactions his son Hunter engaged in and in which Joe was integrally involved. More on that tomorrow, we're out of time. So my very fine friends, at the close of every show, I tell you why the stories we talked about today matter to you. So today, we talked about on the show, kicking off the show, America needs Martin Luther King. The right to protest for right, King maintained, is both a natural human right and a precious American inheritance. The spirit of righteous resistance is among the virtues of the American character, yet like such other qualities, yet like other such qualities, it loses its virtuous character when it's carried into extremism. Two opposing forces, the extremes of demoralized complacency and of the bitterness and hatred propagated by those advocating violence and separatism. Martin Luther King would be canceled today for his treatment of women and for his conservative, Christian, patriotic, America-loving worldview. But his greatness remains to be learned. So that was our first topic for today. Then we got on to America Can We Talk, our media plan. The CNN video, censorship of OAN and Newsmax is necessary. That's what that guy was saying. You got to play the whole clip. Necessary to somehow censor them because, you know, people might hear conservative things. Project Veritas with Twitter, global censorship, a must. That's what they're talking about. Censor voices who don't agree with the alleged truth as, as, as defined by the left. America Can We Talk will be expanding to other platforms like Rumble and Parler, which is coming back, and more. Continue to watch. I'm sorry that is so dark. What it should be white, and what it's showing is americacanwetalk.org backslash live. You can watch at 3 p.m. live. You can watch America Can We Talk there. Um, and also Rumble. It's not live, but you can watch it afterwards. You can also text America to 53445 to be on a notification list. Get very rare but, but needed communications between you and me. And Okay, then we had next topic, um, what America voted for or didn't vote for. Watch the American reaction as Biden proceeds. Did 80 million Americans vote for rolling back the enhanced vetting for refugees from states with jihadist problems? Because that's what he's about to do. He calls it a Muslim ban, which it never was. It was enhanced vetting for refugees from dangerous states. A path to citizenship for 20 plus million illegally in the U.S.? 
killing the Keystone Pipeline and thousands of middle America jobs. That was, he's already announced he's going to do that. Mandatory masks for interstate travel. I mean, I like to, I have a, I had a couple lines about that, but I ran out of time to talk about today. Joe Biden will not be in charge of anything because of his mental decline. Do 80 million Biden voters know who will be in charge? The radical left agenda coming down the pike will shock Main Street America. And the Senate Homeland Security report just released today in the Biden family. Hunter Biden and his family's financial transactions with Ukrainian, Russian, Kazakh, and Chinese nationals raise criminal concerns and extortion threats. The information on which this report is based has been in the possession of the FBI DOJ since March or April of last year and was known by the Senate committee long before the election. Honest American voters of whatever political view ought to be outraged at government behavior which withholds material information about any presidential candidate. And that, my very fine friends, is my show for today. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. This is America Can We Talk, where I always talk truth about America because America matters. And I will talk to you next time. America, can we talk truth about America? Can you hear-